beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it's your boy Trav. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome to our Thursday show, Thursdaysy, where we take a look at the oeuvre of a one Oscar bridesmaid and a Mr. Martin Scorsese. And Zach, what are we watching this week? This week we're watching Cannonball! The action comedy about, well, it's a 1976 action comedy about the illegal Trans-America Grand Prix from L.A. to New York that follows race car driver Coy Cannonball Buckman and his quest to win. Is this everybody's first time seeing this film? Are you really asking this question? I, ha- I have to. <laughs> I know I'm, you have to. <laughs> there, there is a gun to my head, and if I don't ask that question, I will be murdered. I have seen, I, I have seen this film... Um, Approximately zero times. I, I think that's at least one more time than I have seen it. I wish that we had a cool term like Oscar Firsties has. You know, <laughs> we don't have anything to really rhyme with a first time situation here. Right. Mm, starving Martys. <laughs> uh, I was say starving Marvins, but that. I'm starving like Marvin girl. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm sure everybody's going to be shocked to know that this Roger Corman produced picture has no Oscar breakdown. So let's just get into talking about Cannonball. Mm. This movie rules. Yes, <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it mm. at a good it, time. It is really dumb, yeah. and I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, a lot of the the camera work and following this race was pretty well done. I had a lot of good stunt work and explosions. And <laughs> uh, did, did you see who, who shot this movie? Uh-uh. Tak Fujimoto. What? I know mm, Travis okay. is real excited. I can see how excited Travis is to hear that, that piece yeah, of that name. So s- that, that Tak Fujimoto, who who worked very closely with Jonathan Demme through most of his career. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan, John Hughes, Howard Dutch, and Terrence Malick. Yeah, yeah, he shot Days of Heaven. What? He shot da- Days of Heaven like three years before this. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I know none of these movies. Okay. Uh, and Badlands, I, I mean, you know, or is that the one you're thinking of, Badlands, that he did? Oh, it might have been Badlands. But Badlands some, had some badass uh, car chase, too. So, Who did who did Days of Heaven? Hmm. Was that Vittorio Storaro? My bad person. You're yeah, a bad person. Wow. Trav, while I'm looking up who shot Days of Heaven, go ahead and give us your thoughts, because you look very enthused right now. Yeah, this is just a very... <sighs> I understand... I understand the appeal, right? Where I think everybody's going to agree this is not a good movie, but that mm. doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable. It's just not enjoy. I like some stinkers too, like um, Grandma's Boy. It's not a good movie. No, it is. But not. I love that movie. Um, this is in that category where sometimes a movie is bad and it can be entertaining for some, and I'm just not part of that demographic. Uh, I just thought this movie absolutely was not good. was not good. Um, it just did nothing for me. And maybe if this movie didn't come out in 1970, whatever it was, six, mm-hmm. it might be more enjoyable. 
But unfortunately, it came out in 1976, and your boy does not find really anything about this film flattering. Gotcha. I'll see. I'll go with you. This is not a good movie. What it is is a fun movie. Right. Uh, and yeah, there are plenty of really dumb new movies that I like as much as I, or I enjoy watching as much as I enjoyed this. Something like Michael Bay's Six Underground is one of the dumbest films I've ever seen. It's a bad movie. It's so much fun to watch. But I can see why some people, that's one. But, you know, uh, that is Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And And this uh, has David Carradine. And Robert Carradine. I enjoyed watching uh, the Carradine brothers. Are they the Ryan Reynolds in the 70s? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Uh, David Carradine's just in a lot of trash in these... Mm -hmm. Karate and kung fu shit. Mm. Yeah, and and then he's in the show kung fu. Yeah, right. The uh, uh, just to show off some of that in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's. I don't know that he has the star power of Ryan Reynolds, but he definitely is known in the seventies. Uh, Nestor Almendros uh, shot Days of Heaven. So I'm just a terrible person all around. No, Sorry, Trent. no, mm-hmm. no. Your your brain is normally on point with these things, but Malik is, you know. Not he's, your faves. So. Well, he, you is, he is a weak part of my film. John, Jonathan may see that and call you a fuck up. I, on the other <laughs> hand, don't use that term so loosely. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Ennio Morricone did the score for Days of Heaven. Hell yeah, he did. Yeah. I love Days of Heaven. Anyway. Well, we should have picked that but, movie to watch. Well, if, if. Does this even have a score? <laughs> By some. Uh, some porn writer, I guess. Um, yeah, I feel like it was uh in today's standards, it would be like if somebody went online to the like they paid like X amount of money to a website to get all these tracks to lease for free for 20 bucks for the <laughs> month, and they just grabbed all these stuff and threw them in there. That's what I feel like the score is. Uh David Probably. Axelrod did the music for this. There we go. I don't Wait, know who why does that, that name sound familiar. Oh, you're probably thinking of Axel Rose. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's another Axel Rod out there somewhere. Oh, because he's a porn star. Is he? No, but with a name like Axel Rod, you know, he missed out. He, big opportunity wasted right there. <laughs> Hold on, I just I, I got myself stuck down a, a Wikipedia rabbit on an Axel Rod. You're stuck down you on David Axel Rod. Yeah. I'm thinking of the former senior advisor to the president of the United States. That's the actual rod I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. See, that's what I was thinking too, Zach. <laughs> Best known as being the chief strategist for Barack Obama's presidential campaigns. That's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he started his career as a porno music maker. Apparently. Barack oh, Obama. America needs a black president. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we got another silver uh, Corvette, though, you know, to go along with our main series episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan's dream car. <laughs> <laughs> Little silver Corvette. Unfortunately, not the same year. <laughs> right. No. No, and, and, um, I just yeah. want to know what you guys liked about this film that it. For me, uh, I, I watched it mostly. Um, I wasn't like thoroughly invested in it, but it, I was watching it pretty casually as I was taking care of my kiddos. 
Um, and I, I just occasionally found it funny. I liked the the random like mob boss who was playing the piano and playing songs. I was like, who was this? I is- believe the director of the film, Paul Barton. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so random and um, kind of a weird sort of twist on a mob boss I hadn't seen done before. I, I liked the way that was done. <laughs> beating him up. I'm so sorry. We're beating you up. <laughs> um. <laughs> And, you know, I'm not really a car guy or even a race guy, but the I've never seen the Cannonball Run movies or anything. So this was kind of my introduction to the whole idea of this uh, this cross-country illegal race. I didn't really know much about it. So I found that kind of cool. And I liked um, some of the different couples and the groups that we got to be with um, throughout the movie. The... Uh, the jump of the bridge there, you know, is a nod uh, probably from Speed, which I thought was cool. I, I'd never you know, <laughs> seen this movie, so I didn't know that was in there. Um, Marianne was beautiful redhead, so I appreciate that also. <laughs> and she was sweet and kind, and Jim treated her pretty well, I thought. You know, they were wholesome and trying to leave some money for that uh, fan belt. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I have two words for why I like this movie so much. Dick Miller. Dick Miller. Dick Miller's in a movie. I love him. Oh. He was uh, David Carradine's brother. Yeah. Okay. Right. He's uh, also in uh, New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Which I know we all loved. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, but seriously, I, I just got to shut my brain off and watch a movie that I knew was going to be dumb. And it was. And I had fun. I... I like the car crashes. I like the explosions because my primal brain just enjoys those things from time to time. Mm-hmm. I, it was good counter programming to all the, uh, very awards heavy stuff. I was watching this week, both from 1983 and, uh, 2021. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's not something I would sit down and watch regularly, but if it was on TV, I'd probably, you know, watch it for a little bit. Right. And, you know, smile at the dumbness. Um, yeah. And and again, it's a it's a Corman picture. So I knew what I was in for. And it's it's easy to hamper my expectations to just be like, I'm going to get violence. I'm going to get sex and I'm going to get a <laughs> I'm going to get uh, some Carradine brothers better than fur burgers. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, Robert Carradine shows up in this one. The dad from Lizzie McGuire. Yep. So. There, there isn't much to it. Like, I really like the uh, the country singer trying to live broadcast his song about the race through the whole movie. It's a dumb concept. Yeah, but sort of uh, futuristic. He's like the original podcaster. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I like the German driver exploding. And when the, the cop cars are, are uh, casually driving at 160 miles per hour and his little, uh, expensive <laughs> European sports car explodes... But I mean, obviously, yeah. you find out that was sabotage. But sabotage. <laughs> Listen, all y'all, it's a sabotage. Yeah, I like whenever a car wrecked in this movie, it exploded. I'll give you that for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and it just looked bad, but in a funny way, like it purposely was made to look bad. And, mm. and it most likely was. It's like we don't really, we don't really have a budget for this, so just make it look as dumb as possible. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's the big <laughs> car pileup that reminded me of the end of uh, the Blues Brothers. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
the one assassin getting crushed by his car. <laughs> oh god. It, I just had a fun time watching this movie. I gave this yeah. movie four stars. Oh nice. <laughs> that's that's see, this is where we get wild. <laughs> uh, this is where Paul goes off the rails. <laughs> Look, I I don't know why anybody would be surprised by this. I've done two podcasts now, and in both of those podcasts, I constantly talk about how much I love trash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just trash. don't I don't really know what to say about this film because it's like it's just not appealing to me. Like it was just a bad movie. I didn't enjoy my time watching it. I I'll I'll say this about myself. Uh I spent a lot of my childhood watching Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm-hmm. which okay. gave me an appreciation for bad movies. Like, not an ironic appreciation, but like a real deep appreciation. And then Monster Vision was a big part of my childhood. Right. I feel like and those have charm to it, though. I, th- I think this movie's wholly charming. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it charmed oh, the pants God, off no. me. I looked down and I wasn't wearing pants anymore. <laughs> Like that couple that gets on the flies their blazer across the country to try to win, and uh, <laughs> they lose because they, they left the champagne on the plane. Yeah, uh, and they're they're dirty, doing this for a little bit of, of money. Wholesome. Yeah, well, a hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, this is like you know when Squid Game was super hot and people are like, well, in reality, this is like no money if you translate it to American dollars. Right. This is the same thing. This is like no money. Like $100,000. You're doing all this for a lottery yeah. ticket. Yeah. Is it worth? Well, I don't know. I'd have to translate how much that'd be worth in today's money. Uh, but still, I know, I know it ain't the Mega Millions. I know that. So what's it called? <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff stuff going on for a hundred thousand dollars but also yeah. keep in mind Carradine's in this race because he wants he's yeah I know to- he gotta restore the glory after he you know killed some killed a little girl in a drunk driving so but it turned out to be his friend and he just took the rap for him yeah but you don't know that in the beginning yeah right so how can you invest in his comeback if you think he's a scumbag well, you can probably invest in somebody else if you choose to, and then you can learn about him. It's really? Like, oh, because there was no characters that I gravitated to oh, that I was I like, like, I'm, I'm like rooting for him. Girls in the van. Okay. <laughs> not, not the not the country <laughs> singer. This I guy. love the, the, the black guy in the Buick who just kept getting run off the road. Too. That was, <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. And then he just, and it seems like he borrowed it from that old white couple at the end or something. I don't know what was going on. There. He, yeah. was, he was driving their car across country because they were moving. And oh, they that's couldn't right. Drive their car. And then he returned country. it. And it's all yeah, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> now that was funny. Cause they're like horrified when, yeah. when this car gets returned. So I can only imagine it. That had a national lampoons feel to it. Yeah. I think a lot of this movie does. It does, but it doesn't have the charm that, Chevy Chase provides a film, in my opinion, and uh, yeah, yeah. I guess the not as much money as I thought it was. It says uh, four hundred eighty-six thousand in today's money. I thought it was at least like a million. There's no way. Honestly, if if a hundred thousand dollars in nineteen seventy-three translated to a million dollars in today's money, I think we're in serious trouble. 
I mean, more trouble than trouble we are in. That, but. More trouble than we are in. Because <laughs> okay. I, 1973, yeah, it's a long time ago, but not really. Because again, it's still our parents' lifetime. You know, like there's people alive from 1973 to now. You know what I mean? I mean, all right, so the film comes out in 76. 76. Okay. My dad graduates high school in 77. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. about the time my mom. No, my mom. I think my mom was like 80, 83, 84. So, yeah, Star Wars comes out. My dad gets out of high school. Right. My sister is born in 1980. My so, let me ask this. So, this movie comes out in 76. I don't know why I keep saying 73. Mm. It said that it made $1.5 million in rentals. Now, is this. Over, like, was it re-put back on VHS maybe in the 80s and 90s and Probably. had racked up money? No, they're talking about theater rentals. Like Theater you, rentals, you have okay. to You have to rent the film as a theater. Right. Get it, like, so, but why put that in parentheses? For this, I've never seen that on a box so, office thing before. On So that you don't think it made $1.5 in gross. It didn't... People didn't pay one point five. Well, then what's the gross in the movie? Tickets. I don't know. <laughs> because the studio mystery. got that money, right? In in rentals. Okay, yeah. so man, now we're gonna go off the rails away from this movie because you just kind of blew my mind on a rental. Why do they not add movie rentals to how much money a movie makes? No. So so why not? I don't know. If that's an extra couple million dollars, how does that not factor into how much money a movie made? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, maybe because it's already added into the budget. Like, you know you're going to sell X amount of prints to certain people. Um, so that money is all covered somewhere already. I don't know. Okay. It's, it, it's I a just never business. seen that before, and I, I didn't know that was a thing. So, uh... Yeah, I, I, I don't. It, it sounds like an interesting episode. Breaking that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we could look into that. Do some research. Um, so uh, I think we do need to to loop on background to the reason we picked this for this <laughs> yeah. week. Uh, Martin Scorsese, of course, has a very bit role in here as mafioso number one, alongside Sylvester Stallone as mafioso number two. Mm-hmm. And it was a Paul Bartel, the three of them in a scene together. And mm-hmm. it really feel, feels like Paul Bartel just kind of called in a favor to Marty. And I don't know where they get Stallone from because Rocky comes out the same year. So it's not like Stallone's a, a name. Yeah, he's uncredited. Yeah. And I mean, also, this has uh, Killer Croc in it from uh, Batman Animated Series. Oh, nice. Well before Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> yeah, so I love that uh that Stallone and Scorsese are in this together because Taxi Driver also comes out this year and Rocky right. beats it for best picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so um so the two of them sharing a scene together is really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else got any more notes on this wonderful film? No. I'm, I'm glad we were illuminated to it, much like I guess I said with the medicine ball caravan. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have ever watched it otherwise. So, yeah. 
I be- I believe my letterbox review was I watched this because Paul made me. So. <laughs> <laughs> my letterbox review was I knew Tak Fujimoto was a Corman guy, but seeing his name at the end of these credits was a real treat. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I was so <laughs> over the moon. I saw Tak Fujimoto's name and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Because he he shoots some of Demi's stuff under Corman too. Because Demi's a Corman guy, but we'll talk about that a lot more in 1991. Mm-hmm, I I just like all the way that um, these threads and names, like you've always said, Roger Corman, most important person to ever make a movie. Because all these all these people that he sprung onto the cinema scene, mm-hmm. gave first credits to and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, where would we be without Robert Carradine and Lizzie McGuire? Exactly. I mean, and he also he also does a commercial recently. Oh yeah, and I just can't remember what commercial he's in. I saw him somewhere with a beard, and his hair was nice and long, like it was in this movie. I was like, okay, do your thing. <laughs> All right, let's get to our worsty judgments. Trap. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this is going to sit on your? Thursday seat rankings. Well, much like last week, I didn't actually put it in my list. Yeah. But if it was, uh, man, I'm, I don't think it's as bad as Alice. I mean, not Alice, uh, knocking at my door, <laughs> but damn, it's close. It is close. This movie's not good, but it's hard to, s- it's not the worst thing that Scorsese's been a part of. And it's definitely, I don't think it's as bad as last week. So, yeah. It, it is not the worst thing Scorsese has his name attached to. Mm. Okay. Zach, where's this sitting on your Thursday rankings? So I did go ahead and rank it. I've, I've been ranking everything because why not? Uh, I've got it lovingly between Boxcar Bertha and Who's That Knocking at My Door at my number 11 of. Uh, 18 so yeah right. oh yeah now how many do you have on the list uh 18 i'll have to double check and see if i've i've, I've been doing everything including the short so oh okay 18 sounds about right yeah because i think we started, i have 11 we yeah we started this in like 67 yeah something like that so yeah what do you think paul uh i think i have it Placed exactly where you do on the list, right between Boxcar Bertha and Who's That Knocking on My Door. Wow, my I've only ranked the stuff that Scorsese has directed, yeah, specifically directed, and uh, so that puts it at number nine of ten for me. But I still gave it four stars because yeah, I don't think there's anything bad on the nine that I have. Nice, <laughs> excellent. All right, well, I think we're gonna go ahead and call it there. Trav, you let the people know where they can find you on the media's social. Of course, you can find me personally on the Instagram at ZK Audio. You can find me on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd. And you can catch me every Tuesday on the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast on Apple Music. I mean, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. And you can catch that video on Friday. Zach? You can find me on Critiker at ZachMaster, X-A-K-K-M-E-S-T-E-R. Uh, TikTok, House Havoc, or Letterbox, search by my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across 
the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I've watched over the week. And I think I gave away pretty much all the films I watched over the week on uh, the main series episode. So I'll just bring it up again. Clifford, the big red dog <laughs> is wonderful. Because mm-hmm. love is magic. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching Elvis on tour. Oh, which you can, oh, oh. <laughs> can rent on Google, Voodoo, or YouTube. I know Trans excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We like thank Trav. Trav, thank you from our sister <laughs> podcast, Loving Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarworthy Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review like Trav did with Cannonball on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps to make us more visible in the almighty algorithm. Hey, you son of a bitch, you threw my gun out the window. <laughs> Poor Trav and Zach and mafiosos number one and two i would like for you all to have a damn fine day